0: you have questions about coronavirus and we have answers this is Gina DiPietro with Novant Health Healthy Headlines in this episode Josh Jarman asks Dr. David Priest Chief Safety and Quality Officer at Novant Health to answer some of the latest questions stick around to hear what to do if someone in your household tests positive for coronavirus thanks for listening
1: I have a cough and a fever. Now what?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, particularly in the, in the times we live in. Um, people these days are concerned when they have a cough and a fever because they've heard about coronavirus. Right. They said, maybe I have it. And the problem for physicians like me is a whole lot of things cause cough and fever. So we have to try to sort through, does this cough and fever mean something routine like the flu? or other routine respiratory viruses that cause a cold or this new coronavirus. And sometimes it's a little hard to tease out, but we try to use clues to that. Have you traveled other places, um, elsewhere in the country or elsewhere in the world? Do you have other symptoms that we could attribute to, uh, to this that would make it more or less likely you have coronavirus? And because of our concerns about coronavirus, a lot of physicians are really erring on the side of testing people for coronavirus when they have any respiratory symptoms simply because we want to have surveillance of what's going on in our communities. We want to make sure if you happen to have coronavirus that you can in general go home and quarantine there because the vast majority of people that have coronavirus infection recover um, and don't have any major complications and can stay home through that time.
1: So if I wake up with a cough, best for me to go to my primary care first, right? Because we're hearing about these screening centers as well. Yeah, or
2: just call ahead. Uh, If you have a cough alone without fever or significant shortness of breath, it could be a number of other things and the first thing to say is don't panic. There's no reason to assume that you have coronavirus. We're also entering into allergy season. So this time of year, there's pollen everywhere. People are coughing for all sorts of reasons. So we have to stop and think, what's most likely here? And still in general, it's most likely something else is causing your cough. But your physician can help with that. And if you get other symptoms like fever or shortness of breath, we do have uh, testing centers that can test you for coronavirus.
1: So we're hearing new information every day about coronavirus. and. I'm curious just how does it spread?
2: Yeah, so the the primary means of spread are really what we call um, droplet spread, which means someone sneezes or they cough and it ends up in the generally the six feet around them and then other people are nearby and then that they acquire that into their nose and mouth and they become infected. We're still working out some of the details on this particular virus. We don't know how much it contaminates the environment, we don't know how much um, the infection could travel down the hall, for instance, but in all likelihood, the most likely way that this is spread is really in the six feet around a person when they cough or sneeze.
1: The news keeps talking about the importance of flattening the curve, but what does that really mean?
2: Yeah, when you hear officials talk about flattening the curve, that refers to a model that tracks the number of coronavirus cases over time. And that model includes two predictions, the sharp spike in cases that would occur if we don't take preventative measures, as well as the possibility of fewer cases spread out over a longer period of time. That would occur if we're successful with our preventive measures. If everyone uses the recommended preventive measures, we can flatten the curve and thereby prevent healthcare systems from getting overwhelmed with
1: cases. So in the media, we are hearing all these new terms, social distancing, quarantine, and shelter in place. What does all that mean?
2: Yeah, so, you know, self-isolation is a measure that we take to prevent infection. So, if you're concerned you might have the infection, you decide to stay home. Um, It's really a step up from social distancing. Um, Shelter-in-place is very similar to self-isolation, but usually that involves, we close businesses or schools, kind of the things you've seen across the United States recently in an effort to slow down this infection. And when you do shelter-in-place, only people with jobs that are deemed essential, like government and healthcare, are permitted to continue working outside the home. Everybody else tries to work from home. And then when people use the term quarantine, they're really talking about individuals who've been exposed or have symptoms of coronavirus, and we're trying to test to see if that's actually true and waiting for the results to come back. So quarantine is usually established for the incubation period of the communicable disease. In other words, if we think uh, the communicable disease incubation period is say 14 days, then you stay home for 14 days to make sure you don't develop symptoms. Uh, that might be consistent with the infection.
1: And if someone in your family has it, that means everybody has to stay home, right?
2: Depends on the degree of exposure. So if uh, you have family members and you haven't been around them in close contact, not necessarily, close contact is defined as being within six feet of somebody for longer than 10 minutes. So generally, this is a tough. A question to answer right. because uh, patients go home and they're concerned what about my family members and so we tell people try to separate within your home as best you can we know that's not always easy and you'll be most contagious when when someone has symptoms so if someone doesn't have symptoms and family members can keep some distance then it, they don't necessarily have to be quarantined in the same way that the person exposed does
1: and it sounds like a vaccine is still several months away what should people do in the interim to protect themselves
2: So that's correct. It's believed that a vaccine is 12 to 24 months away. A number of groups are trying to develop that vaccine quickly. There are several really important things you can do to protect yourself. Number one is wash your hands and wash your hands correctly. Sometimes we get in a hurry. Sometimes we don't wash our hands as well as we could. We just rinse them off. But it's one of those things you really need to concentrate on. If you use soap, you have to do it for at least 20 seconds. You have to really get in between your fingers and in all places on your hand. And if, you, if you're concerned about, am I doing this right? There are a lot of great videos online that can help you do that. That is more important than anything else. We also talk about not touching our faces, which I think when we all start talking about touching our faces, we realize how much we all touch our faces all day long. Uh, and trying to avoid that because you can contaminate your, your nose and mouth when you do that. And another important thing to remember is to stay home when you're sick from school and work. And sometimes it's being forced upon us with uh, coronavirus. Sometimes everybody is doing that, which is a good thing. And that's why we're doing
1: it to prevent the spread of the infection. So worst case scenario, can you possibly have the flu and coronavirus at the same time? It is
2: technically possible to have the flu and coronavirus at the same time. However, it is really unlikely. So in general, if we have individuals that come in with fever and respiratory symptoms, and they test positive for the flu, we believe that's their primary cause of their symptoms. We don't necessarily test them for coronavirus at this time.
1: And if one of your family members tests positive, there's some real concerns then, it's obviously it's hitting home. What should you do to protect yourself as well as them?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and it's um, sometimes a challenge when people live in close quarters But if you have a family member who has coronavirus and their symptoms are mild, and many people have very mild symptoms, then those individuals, we try to quarantine as best we can at home. So sometimes it's they decide to sleep in a spare bedroom and have people bring them something to eat, make sure everybody's washing their hands, um, make sure that people aren't touching their face, uh, make sure you're washing linens, um, and in general, everybody will do fine. But also be aware of other family members in the household who could develop symptoms. It's more concerning if you have people who live in your household who are older, so, so say over 65 years of age, or they have immunocompromising conditions, and then you'd have to take, you'd think about taking more, um, more extreme precautions to protect those people from individuals with the infection.
1: You talked a little bit about our seniors. What about pregnant women?
2: There are um, recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention around pregnant women. It's unclear now how this virus could affect them, um, but we do know there are types of infections that can be more severe for pregnant women, including the flu. Um, And so we advise women that are pregnant to really protect themselves in the same way. Social distancing, washing your hands frequently, not touching your face, staying away from people that are sick, staying home um, if you're sick, uh, all the same things we tell people and, and, and to make sure that um, you know, they're taking those same precautions.
1: Do children and adults experience different coronavirus symptoms? Yeah, that's an interesting
2: question. Um, as part of the coronavirus pandemic across the world, children have not been nearly as affected by this as adults have. And that happens sometimes with other kinds of viruses. Sometimes there are viruses that affect children more than adults, but in this case, adult, children have
1: not been as affected as adults, particularly older adults. So it seems like every day we're hearing new reports about gathering size restrictions. Should we just stay inside?
2: So the reason that the federal government or the state government has said we want to limit the size or the number of people that are gathering is they want to practice social distancing. One of the ways to slow down a pandemic is to have people, frankly, stay away from each other. And so there's no real science about how big those gatherings can be. So sometimes the numbers are a little bit arbitrary, but the principle is the same. The fewer numbers of people that are gathering together, the fewer chance that you're spreading the virus between people and the higher likelihood that we can slow this pandemic down.
1: What's the difference between screening and testing?
2: Screening for coronavirus is the evaluation of criteria outlined by the CDC as a way to determine the risk factors of someone experiencing symptoms of coronavirus Coronavirus testing is an oral or nasal swab administered after someone has been screened and identified as a person at risk for infection.
1: Anything else you'd like to add?
2: Yeah, I'd like to let people know that your, the healthcare system here, particularly Novant Health, we're very prepared for this. And I know there's a lot of anxiety and there's fear and people are concerned, but just know that 24-7 we're working on these things. We're, we're doing everything we possibly can to keep our community safe. Um, and we're going we're to get through this. We're going to get through it together. We're going to follow scientific principles. Everybody, take a deep breath uh, and understand the vast majority of people who get this virus will do just fine. Uh, we do want to make sure we're protecting people who are older or have immunocompromising conditions, but if we do that, um, you know, in a few months we'll be through this, um, and and we, we feel really confident that you know we're all going to do fine.
0: Gina DiPietro again. We hope this information has provided you and your family with some peace of mind. For the latest updates on the novel coronavirus, go to the CDC website. For more practical health tips and information, search Novant Health Healthy Headlines. Don't forget to rate us, review us, and subscribe to all the Novant Health podcasts anywhere you choose to listen. Until next time, thanks for listening.